0: Welcome back to another episode of the Big Footy Podcast brought to you by Big Footy. I'm not sure what I was really viewing on my television at 145 onwards on Saturday afternoon last week. Cause I don't believe it was AFL football. I mean, if I wanted to sit and watch two teams kick the ball sideways to each other and kick the ball backwards to each other... For an entire game Then I'd just go and watch more soccer That was not AFL football That was not very pleasant to watch And from a Collingwood perspective We didn't win the game So we can't uh, hold on to that perspective either So as always we'll try and dissect that performance uh, Try and make sense of it And also look ahead to Are we calling it a must win clash? I don't think anything's a must win clash When you're 2-9 But at the same time We don't have our first round draft pick this year Because we traded to GWS So that's uh, con- a continued weird season, isn't it? Let's get into it. The in with Blitzar's out. To go, he gets the clearance. He might go for home. Run the full measure. Touch play on, no free kick. Goey gets his own ball back and kicks a ripper. Yeah. All right, so no goals in the first half. One goal up until three-quarter time. And then, wow, bang, amazing. Five goals in the final term and kick six for the game. And we only lose by 10 points. I mean, look, I have a different belief, I think, to other Collingwood fans in that I'm trying to be realistic about the scenario that we're in with all the young players that we've got in the team at the moment. We had another one debut in Trepbianco on the weekend. I'll talk about him in a second. But I think I have a different argument in terms of we've completely changed our game in the last two weeks. Now, has it made our scoring any more beneficial? Has it made us more positive in attacking? Absolutely not. In fact, most people would see the last two weeks as an actual step back into more negative football, more defensive style of football. But what it has been is instead of defending without the ball, we've been defending with the ball in our hands. So what I mean by that is we were, well, we are still the third worst team in the league for opposing uh, disposals. So what that means is the, we're the third worst team in the league and allowing the other team to have disposals, if you can make sense of that. I don't think I really explained that very well. But anyway, hopefully you did. Uh, and we're also really, really behind. I said last week we are really down on marks. And before the Port Adelaide game, we were minus 26 in marks. Well, against Port Adelaide we were plus thirty-eight in marks and against Shillong we were plus eight in marks, although both teams had a just ridiculous amount of marks. It was one twenty nine to one twenty one. Absolutely extraordinary. Uh, but what that's showing is that we've won the disposals the last two weeks in both games. We've won the marks in both games in the last two weeks when, for the first nine games of the season, we were just completely deplorable in those two areas. Now, is it actually making us any better from an offensive standpoint? Absolutely not. In fact, as I said, it's probably making us worse. But what it's doing is we're basically, instead of defending without the ball, we're now defending with the ball. We tip the ball sideways around the back line and we get ourselves in a situation where we can't attack offensively, but at least we can know that if we turn the ball over in a dangerous position because of our static ball movement, all our defenders and our team defense are set up to negate any issues that might come from turning the ball over in a bad position. Now, clearly there's got to be a balance in offense and defense at the end of the day. And the best teams do that. The teams I like to watch every week, the dogs, the D's, uh, the lions, they're the most entertaining, exciting teams to watch in footy. And lo and behold, they are at the top of the ladder. Like it's, it's it's just a balancing game, really, between offense and defense. And for me, I think from a realistic point of view, in my belief to, I guess, other Collingwood supporters and a differing belief, is the fact that I think we've got to pick our poison as such because I don't think we're a team at the moment that is good enough to take teams on head-to-head and actually beat them from a talent standpoint. So what I mean... By that is we could go out there, we could play a more attacking style of footy. We might kick 12 or 13 goals, but I don't think we're talented to actually go head-to-head and beat other teams. So against the likes of Geelong and Port Adelaide, who I you know think are at least top six teams in the league, if not top four, then basically we're, they are telling ourselves we could go out there and kick 12 or 13 goals. We're probably going to kick, concede sorry, 15 or 16. We're going to lose the game by 20, 30 points and never really be in the contest. So what Bucks is saying, and as coach, his job is to win games of AFL football, and right now that's Paramount, given he's out of contract at the end of the season, and he could potentially lose his job. So the best way to keep his job is to win games of footy. Now, he looks at teams like Port Adelaide and Geelong in the last two weeks and thinks, well, how is our best chance of actually winning the game? And our best chance of winning the game is not going in a shootout head-to-head because we don't have the offensive talent, offensive firepower to match those teams. So he needs to play a more defensive, boring style of football that literally drags those teams, those good teams, down to our level. And if you look at it from that perspective, I actually think he's won in the coaching box the last two weeks. Now, is it exciting football? Is it football that, fans that us fans want to want to see absolutely not but i think he's actually winning the coaching battle from that standpoint so you could actually in terms of putting us in a position to be competitive and i mean we've had a combined uh the combined points loss of 11 points in the last two weeks 10 points against uh sorry one point against port 10 points against geelong total of 11 points in the past fortnight so in terms of putting us in position to be somewhat competitive He's actually doing a pretty good job the last two weeks in terms of his change of game style. It's actually kind of working. But the issue comes is that in the future, that style of football is not lending itself to being any good at a high level in terms of ultimately, what what do we want to do? We want to win premierships. You're not going to win premierships playing that style. It's not going to happen. You need to find a balance between defense and attack. And right now it's 100% defense, 0% attack. Until maybe the last quarter where we got four or five goals down and we think, oh, crap, maybe we'll we'll show some offensive instinct now and we'll kick five goals in the last quarter. And... I, I do hear supporters who say, well, look what happens. We kick five guys in the last quarter. Why can't we do that for a whole game? It's just not the way that footy works, I don't think. I think that's just a too simplistic. I understand it. I just think that's a too simplistic way to look at it. And at the end of the day, you've got to, as I said, you've got to find some balance between offense and defense. We've been saying it for weeks, and we've been saying it for the whole 11 rounds. It's just the last two weeks we've actually changed our defensive game style from being one that defends without the footy, which I think is a lot more taxing. Uh, physically on players uh, to a game side where we actually defend with the ball in hand by the t- by the fact we don't move the ball offensively well at all. And again, some of the plays you could highlight from from the weekend where I mean, you know, Dacos gets the ball from an attacking kick out, defensive fifty has Callum Brown kind of in the middle of the ground seemingly by himself, and then just goes completely sideways. Uh, you know, there's a heap of different moments and plays we can we can figure out, but it's just an extraordinary viewing of watching Collingwood games at the moment. And let's be honest, Geelong were no better. Like Geelong were not much better than us. We only won by 10 points. And so I do understand also, you know, from the media point of view, why are we all jumping on the pies when... Geelong were just as bad. Well, I'm here to say that, as I said in the last two weeks, Bucks is doing a good job of making those other teams play a style of football that we want to play in order to be competitive against top teams because realistically we're, well, we're right now a bottom three team. Uh, at our best, maybe we're bottom six, bottom eight kind of thing. At least we're try, we're getting competitive against these teams because Bucks is actually winning in the coaches box. And I flat out believe that. Do I believe it's entertaining? No. Do I believe it's exciting and good for the future? No. But in the short term against good teams, is it making us competitive? Yes. So as a fan, you've got to think to yourself, right, do I want something exciting for the future that could, you know, mean good things long term? then if you want that, then let's play an exciting brand of footy that we kick 12 or 13 goals, but the other team kicks 15 or 16, we lose by 25, 30 points, something similar to Anzac Day when we lost, what, 110 to 85 or something like that, 110 to 80, whatever it was, something like that. I thought we looked kind of exciting on Anzac Day. Or do you want the last two weeks where we kick six, seven goals, but we play good teams and we're still competitive and we're thereabouts in the last quarter and we have a chance with five, ten minutes to go? So you've got to pick your poison because right now, I mean, the ultimate balance is that you can play an attacking style of footy and you win games of footy. We're just not good enough for that at the moment. We don't have enough experience senior talent in the team to do that. So you've got to pick your poison. So as fans, you can't have both. And I think we've all got to expect and be realistic about where we're at at the moment and not expect too much of what is a pretty young team. So I'm just trying to be realistic about the situation. The the day. Yes, I'm a fan with a huge amount of passion, but I also want to be realistic about where we're at at the moment. And honestly, for me, I'm coming away from these games and these losses with not a whole lot of care factor because I understand that the win-loss perspective of it right now isn't the most important thing. So let's jump onto a couple of massive positives from the game in a game where otherwise, you know, as I said, there's no offensive... Firepower from either team really, uh, but what can we look forward to, I guess, moving forward? I thought the big one was to change Jordan Goey moving into the midfield. And Everyone this season's like, Jordan Degoe is not worth this, he's not worth that. Well, players are only worth what their value is to a given team. And any forward that plays for the Collingwood Football Club right now is bound to struggle. It's just a fact of it. You could put Lance Franklin in that side. You could put Harry Mackay in that side right now. It might give them a focal point. Okay, that might be a start. But are they actually going to be any good? Not really. Probably not. They might average a goal a game. They might have 10, 12 disposals. Any forward right now in the world. You could put Jason Prime, Jason Dunstall Prime, Wayne Carey down there at the moment. If we continue with the game style, then they would struggle. Now, maybe with guys like that in the team, we'd change our game style to suit them, and you'd hope that that would happen. But right now, we don't have the cattle for it. And Geordie go is not a key forward where you can build a forward line around. I just don't think that's him. So he moved up to the midfield, and he probably played his most complete game for the season in terms of doing work all around the ground. And he obviously had that six goals against North. I mean, that was dominant display against a poor team, against Aiden Bonner, who was a, a really a poor matchup for him. Aside from that, and one half against Lockie Plowman, where he absolutely dominated in round two, he hasn't done a whole lot this season. And again, it's not entirely his fault so he goes up into the midfield and he has 26 disposals and two goals which I thought was probably his most complete performance of the season so 26 disposals two goals 11 marks now did he get on the end of some of this you know chipping ball sideways kind of thing and whatnot yes but I also like Geordie from the fact that he'll listen to bucks and try and understand the game style that he the bucks wants him to play and wants the team to play but i think if i had to say is there one player in the team that will kind of disregard the coach and go off his own instincts and that's joy to he's kind of an instinct footballer and i feel like when he gets the when he gets the footy in his hands he wants to move forward with it he wants to do something exciting with it which is what we absolutely love as fans that's what makes joy to at his best a really exciting player to watch now, unfortunately, when he's down the forward line, he doesn't get that opportunity to get the ball in his hands. But this time, 26-disposed, if he gets the ball in his hands more, I think that lends itself to a more exciting brand of footy for the Collingwood Footy Club. So from a fan perspective, I'd like to see Geordie continue to play midfield. And I think it was a positive that he was also able to get on the end of a couple from the midfield, which I think is a, a great plan moving forward. Because to me, as a forward there's a lot of you know quality defenders out there at the moment, and most teams usually can find one that can match up pretty well on him from a one-on-one perspective, and then you add into the fact that the, the horrible ball movement, then it makes it really difficult as a forward. As a midfielder, he's got offensive instincts. Is he the greatest defensive midfielder in the comp? No, but you can cover that, especially when Taylor Adams is back in. He's, he's one of the, probably the best at it. But offensively, he can find his way into the forward line in general play, if that makes sense. And there's not too many midfielders out there that are going to go with him to the, their defensive 50, to our attacking 50, and be able to match up on him pretty well. So I like the fact that he can kind of just drift forward in midfield uh, or from from the midfield in general play uh, and be able to get on and hit the scoreboard from that aspect. So I thought he was a real positive, and I hope going forward that he continues to play that, uh, that midfield role and kind of just, you know, Drifting into the forward line as such. The other massive positive, Trent Bianco. His first quarter, his first half was absolutely insane. Did he drift out of the game slightly? Maybe, but I mean, you could probably expect that from a guy on debut, uh, who's only you know it was only his third game back for the season overall. He played two VFL games. It, the guy looks like I mean, I could you pencil it in now. He looks like a hundred game player minimum, if not two hundred game player. I know that's going early, but he just. Whatever it is in the AFL or in the sporting landscape, he's just got it. He, you just like you see him and you know he's a footballer. He's just he's just got it. Now you know, 19 disposals, three marks, three tackles. It's not absolutely lighting the world on fire, but for a debut game, I thought it was just. Super impressive And He did it Throughout a whole game I thought I mean he, As I said He did you know Quiet in the second half But Unlike a Finlay McRae Who I was you know Boasting about uh, After his debut Against West Coast He did it for one quarter Kind of thing Trent Bianco did it I think he showed Positive signs For a whole four quarters So I can't wait To watch his development Development moving forward And I think that's a third player now this season in uh, Poulter, McCreary, and now Bianco, where you can look at them and think, yeah, they're going to be long-term players for the footy club. And obviously, you've got McCrae and you've got other young guys, Oli Henry and the like, who you do hope can come in and be long-term 200-game players for the footy club. So Dagoe and Bianco, probably my two positives for the weekend. But up next, we'll get into the game this weekend against the Crows over in Adelaide. Both players put their head down and attacked it, Dagoe, hands it back to Quainall, Dodd step was good, kick, ricochets back to him, to Maynard, had the outside, had the inside, waste no time, goes for home, and slots it, with 47 seconds left, it's a two goal game. All right, first things first, let's get into the changes. I've started to do this podcast on a Thursday night, so I can kind of get the changes, bring it to you, and uh, dissect that. So the ins, Jamie Elliott, Jay Rantul, Josh Thomas, and Max Lynch. The outs, Brody Grundy, obviously, with that nerve injury, quite perplexing. Wish wish, wish. Sorry, him the best of luck with it. Hopefully, he's back in a couple of weeks' time. It could have been really anything, to be honest, so... Glad that he's kind of semi-okay and only going to miss a couple of weeks of footy, hopefully, on what looked like a pretty scary incident, really. Uh, Callum Brown is omitted. I mean, I don't want to be too harsh on the kid, but that's kind of been coming for a few weeks. Chris Maine is out managed. Tom Wilson has been omitted. And Finlay McRae is omitted, as having been the medical sub. Now, a couple of interesting things here. First... Uh, I would have thought that McRae being the medical sub last week, given there was no VFL footy on, I think from that point of view, you probably should just pick your what you'd think is your 23rd best player. So I kind of find it perplexing that Finlay McRae isn't in the 22 now, and, and Jay Rantel comes straight in, given McRae was the sub last week. Obviously no VFL footy going on at the moment, given uh, the COVID lockdown over there. So... I find that a bit strange that they've picked Rantel over McCrae but uh, obviously there's something that's happened on the training track or something uh, Rantel's obviously impressed on the, tra- on the training track uh, or something for that to actually happen. Uh, The other one, Tom Wilson getting omitted. So I know Madgen played more of a forward role last week. I think he was, Jack Madgen was trying to do a forward role on Tom Stewart, which just didn't really work. And I kind of just wonder, like, are they going to try him forward again? Are they going to try him up on a wing? If he goes back to defense, I'll be kind of frustrated because, uh, I mean, Wilson just seems like a better option for the future, does he not? Like, I I find it weird how Madgen is staying in the team over Wilson. I know the two, I think they flicked at halftime where Madgen might have gone back and Wilson uh, might have gone forward. But maybe, again, it's a situation for Bucks where he thinks, all right, this is a game that we should win. We we can win, at least. Uh, So let's play our best team, obviously. And uh, potentially, he thinks Madgen can get the job done, at least for this week, over Wilson. Moving forward, I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. But anyway... Uh, good to see Jamie Elliott back in from injury as well as is Josh Thomas. That was kind of predictable, but Jamie, I think he's obviously a live wire up forward. We've missed him uh, an absolute heap, and it also allows probably more opportunity for Geordie, as I spoke about before, to run through that midfield. And interesting that they went with Max Lynch uh, over Mason Cox. I don't know where Cox's uh, career stands given. We picked up another kind of forward ruck in the mid-season draft last night in Aiden Begg. Uh, obviously, if you don't know, we picked up Ash Johnson with the third pick in the mid-season draft as well. So he could be a player that, as a mature age, of 23-year-old, uh, especially as a forward type where we need some kind of forward creativity uh, in the forward half of the ground. He's a player that uh, could potentially come in in the next coming weeks. So looking forward to seeing what he may bring to the side when and if he gets that opportunity. Uh, but as I said, for the meantime, I'm glad to see Jamie Elliott back in. Now, in terms of this game itself, we'll quickly for the Crow, Ronan uh, O'Connor is in for his second game. Nick Murray and Sam Berry are both out for them. So just a few young guys getting you know, in and out there, I guess, for them. Nothing too major. But in terms of the game, I'd be super interested to see if the game plan from the last two weeks continues to this week because I can understand that game plan against the likes of Geelong and Port Adelaide who are just clearly better than us right now they just are that, that's a fact and so Bucks has clearly thought I need to play a style of footy to have any chance of winning which he's actually succeeded at in the last two weeks I know we lost but from a, you know grand total of 11 points across two weeks in two good teams is pretty good he's won in the coach's box that's better than what I think the talent on paper should presume if you look at you know the talent on paper I think Port Adelaide and Geelong are both four to five goals better teams What's that, a combined 60 points over two weeks? We've lost by a total of 11. I think he's actually winning the coaches' box. What I want to see for this week is the fact that we should be able to win this game on merit, on talent, head-to-head. We should at least be able to... I mean, we should be able to go close. Now, am I expecting to win this game? Well, given Adelaide beat Melbourne over there a couple of weeks ago, maybe not. But I do believe that we can try and get close or, you know, hopefully win the game on merit, and try and play a more attacking style of footy. Now, will that work? Maybe not. But will the defensive style of game work? Probably not. And I just don't think we need to play that way against a team that we're on kind of a similar level to. This is not a top 8 team. I don't rate the Crows as a top 8 team. I don't rate them as probably a top 10, top 12 team. This is probably another bottom 6 team. So we should try and beat this team on merit, head-to-head and try and play a more attacking, creative style of footy, rather than what we've seen in the last two weeks. But that's just what I think I'm looking for. Each week, as I said, I'm not really looking at the win-loss perspective, although I probably am more for this weekend, because I think we're at least half a chance of winning. Uh, But each week, as I said, it's not necessarily the win-loss perspective. It's watching these young guys develop another game into Bianco, another game into... Uh, Caleb Poulter So It's disappointing That uh, You know Another game into Jay Rantoul It's obviously disappointing That McCreary Bo McCreary Hasn't come Back in this week So at this point He's obviously I think what that calf or Achilles issue Whatever it is uh, Has obviously Plagued him For a couple of weeks now So hopefully he's Back in soon uh, But you know These more forward types Like Ash Johnson That kind of thing uh, push, push Geordie to go up the ground, give these guys some opportunity uh, and see what we can salvage out of what's been a pretty horrible first half of the season so far. Two and nine, there's not much you can really do from that position. As I said uh, in the intro, at this point, we don't even have our first round pick. So you can't tank, unfortunately. So you've just got to try and find what we can for next season and moving forward. So... That's going to be it for today's episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed the listen. I'm sorry if it sounds more like a rant more than anything. I do try and find the positives that I can. But in saying that, there's not a whole lot of positives. When I went into the season hoping that we'd make finals, and now we sit here halfway through the season at 2-9. and But it is what it is at the end of the day, and I'm still looking forward to watching the Pies rock up every week. And even though it might be a boring defensive, low-scoring style of footy, I will watch it from start to finish as passionately as I have for the last 24 years or first 24 years of my life. So looking forward to the contest again on Saturday afternoon at Adelaide Oval. Other than that, guys, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Cheers.